There we go. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode three of the Grind Season podcast. We are exploring entrepreneurship. We are talking to entrepreneurs for the next few weeks. And today, I have a special guest. So welcome, Markeisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so dope being on the grind season. Woo, woo. <laughs> you got to be about to grind to be on the grind season. So I think you fit the description. Right. <laughs> right. That says a lot. That says a lot if I was able to make it onto the grind season. This is super dope. <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. So Markeisha, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump right into it. You know, I didn't want to cover too much about it, but just to give the folks some background, Markeisha and I, we actually went to high school together. So both in the yep. same city, went to high school together. Can you give us a walkthrough of who is Markeisha? Yeah. So if you are from Columbus, then you will know what I mean when I say I'm an Eastside baby. Um, so I grew up in the Point Dester, Mount Vernon, Eastside area. Um, low class family. Didn't have a lot of resources. Um, went to East High School. I was really knee deep into engineering, and I actually still am. Um, so STEM is my heart. That's kind of where I reside. Uh, but I'm also in the cosmetic health and beauty industry as well. But I went to East High School, left high school, and said, hey, I'm going to go study biomedical engineering. I want to make uh, prosthetic arms and legs for people um, and have them be, like, Bluetooth connected and stuff like this. So this is what I was thinking in 2012. <laughs> I got there uh, and realized that I was dyslexic in math. So I read my answers backwards. I could solve the problems in my head, but the numbers were backwards. Uh, it was just, it was a whole fiasco. And then I had noticed that I went to college for the wrong reason. So I kind of went to escape all the BS that was going on at home. Um, and I, I kind of did, I just didn't set myself up for success in college. So I came home, re-enrolled back into Ohio State. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go to school from here. Um, was going to school at that time I had switched and said I'm gonna go to mechanical engineering um, I was working two full-time jobs and in 2015 three years later after my first year in college I had gotten to a really bad car accident um, this car accident left me on bed rest for about like three months and so I was on FMLA um, and I, I just had a, a lot of alone time to myself right I'm living by myself um, I'm single I'm like kind of, you know, going through the motions. And one day I walked into the bathroom. I'm not even going to go that far because <laughs> now I'm starting to get into the story of how I even got here to the grind season. Um, but Markeisha, to back no, up No, no, run it back. Run it back. Oh, run it back. Okay, so back. look. So look, check it. Boom. <laughs> That's how I tell stories when I'm offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so check it. Boom. So I get into this car accident and I walk into my bathroom and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, my body's aching. I'm, I'm just going through it. I look in the mirror and I notice I have these dry patches all over my skin, um, which is not uncommon for me because I had eczema at one point. So it wasn't surprising. But the part that was pivotal for me and was surprising was that when I was looking in the mirror, my eyes are puffy. Um... I'm, I'm like noticing bruises, dry patches on my skin. My body just looks completely different. I look completely different. Um, and at that moment, I kind of scared myself because I stopped and was like, yo, I'm really not taking care of myself. Like something's up. Like I'm hustling. I'm working. I'm just getting through the nine to five, the nine to seven, the nine to nine grind. And I'm like literally destroying myself. 
And so I had made a, a commitment to myself at that point. I was like, I'm going to do better with my health. I'm going to do better. Um, and so I sat down and I picked up a bottle of lotion that I loved at the time. And I was reading it. Mind you, going back to having an engineering uh, background, I also have a chemistry background. Um, so I'm looking at this ingredient on a bag. And I'm like, hey, this sad. This sound mad, mad wow. <laughs> Let me uh, look this up. I look it up on Google and one of the ingredients, the base ingredient, was also found in antifreeze as antifreeze's base. And I was like, wow, like that's not supposed to be on my skin. Um, and then after that, you know, I just started freaking out. So I'm like going through my cabinet. I'm, I'm, you know, pulling out all the favorite products that I use. And I'm noticing that they have very unnecessary ingredients. I'm not even going to say that they're harmful. I'm just going to say that they're unnecessary. In some degree, you don't need them there. They're just a filler. Um, and that's how Bomb Skin and Co. launched. It was like, let's just give the people products, these busy people who are working 40, 50, 60, even sometimes 70 hours, um, let's give them products that they don't have to question and worry about so they can stick to the grind, they can get to the money. Um, but let's just give them quality, high, high quality products with uh, high quality ingredients that literally nourish and hydrate the skin so they can keep doing what they love to do. Um, and that's just kind of how we got here. So from like... 1994 to 2021. That's so dope, though, because basically you naturally ran across a problem to solve, right? Oh, yeah. Entrepreneurship, that's what it's about. It's about finding a problem, figuring out a solution to that problem and selling something to fill that gap. And so you did it naturally. So, yep. I mean, that that's I'm glad you went back to that story because that explains how how bomb skin started. And I just bought, you know, I just I just bought two products. A few weeks ago and i've been using it yes <laughs> how you like it i like it I, i'll be smelling good you know uh, i feel good after so i'm rocking with uh, it i'll be back <laughs> i love that i love that um yeah man it's it it, it was kind of one of those situations where like you said people run into entrepreneurship because they're trying to solve a problem and at the time i definitely wasn't looking to be an entrepreneurship i mean 2015 entrepreneurship was definitely not talked about in um small black communities especially here in columbus right um so when i stepped out into it there is no other entrepreneur in my family other than my father um and he's in the media entertainment industry and so when i was getting started i was like I just want to make products, you know, for myself. And then it became like, okay, I have a capitalistic mindset. So even though I'm a consumer, I, I'm like always trying to figure out how to make a money, how to flip this, how to flip that. And so that's where bomb skin and coat came from. It was like, okay, I want to make these products for me because I'm worried about my skin. But then I thought about all the other people out there hustling like me working two, three jobs full time in school. And they don't want to have to worry about what's in their products. And stumbling upon entrepreneurship is very scary, very intimidating. It wasn't nothing that I planned or set myself up for. So I have um, even thinking about it. I'm like <laughs> thinking about it now. Like I've shitted so much money away. I have made so many mistakes. But if somebody asked me if I would do it again, it would be hell yeah. Like let's go again. And that's that's how much fun I've had so far running my business. So what was that that biggest mistake that you made? Give us your biggest mistake. Oh my god! Um, suppliers, suppliers, uh, suppliers, and I would say time management. And a lot of people say time management, and every time I hear so many people say it, I'm like, oh, that's so cliche. Like everybody says time management. 
but it was a big deal. Um, after my car accident, I had got an opportunity to go work at a local nonprofit, um, Boys and Girls Club of Columbus. And while I was there, I worked my way up. And so I'm back into the corporate world, right? I just started a business and now I'm back into the corporate world, worked my way all the way up to being a regional director, um, salary employee. And if anybody watching this is salary, then you know that your time is no longer calculated by the hour. Okay. Like you're putting in 10 hours today, 14 hours the next day. Right. Um, and so I'm putting in all this time and realized that my business was less than part-time. Like I was barely getting sales in, but I was still choosing the wrong suppliers and not managing my time. So I had hella inventory and I'm not moving no product. Um, Another pivotal situation came in uh, 2019, August, and I was like, yo, I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm not fulfilled. And although I'm 25, that's not it for me. That's not enough. Like, I, I feel like I have to do more. And so I left my, you know, regional director position, and that was a nice salary. That was a nice, comfy little place to be in for 25. But I was just like, I'm not happy. Um, and so December... 31st, 2019, I was like, look, I'm in all in or throwing my dice. I win, lose, or draw, but I'm all in on my business. Um, and that right there was like, I had to overcome the obstacles of time management. Now you're considered a full-time entrepreneur, right? You're not working. You're giving all to your business. Um, I pulled out my 401k. I pulled <laughs> I wiped my 401k to invest it into my business. At the time, I had racked up maybe like 13000 So I pulled it all out. I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, in January 2020, I went all in. Wow. But but listen, this is a crazy thing, Marcus, when I think about it, because you decided to go full time. And then three months later. Three months later, COVID <laughs> Three months later, the world shut down. And um, crazy enough is like, God works in crazy, crazy ways. Like my man is wow. So December, I say, I'm gonna go all in. January, I see this ad that pops up randomly until this day, um, even the company that I went through that I did my business coaching, when I told them that I found them on Facebook via ad, they said there was no such ad available. Like they didn't even run ads for this program. I saw an ad for a program and it said side hustle to CEO. Um, and it was through Aventi. The county had funded this organization to work with small businesses to get them full time. January, I went into this program and they had already recognized that I had been in business now for four years very part-time again very part-time because i was working at the boys and girls club i go in there and they're like okay well let's customize your plan a little bit you already have a business plan you already have these things ready and in motion january february march march i complete the program i get a thousand dollars i invest that into my software i'm like okay this is great i've gotten tools and resources to be the best full-time entrepreneur i can be boom COVID hits at the time, your girl <laughs> is making bath bombs, body butter, body scrubs, everything that you would consider during a pandemic to be non-essential, right? Um, because I have a little uh, uh, autoimmune, I have an autoimmune deficiency. And so when I saw on the news that COVID had hit, I was like, I'm quarantining myself two weeks prior. So before Columbus went on shutdown or Ohio went on shutdown, I was already quarantined in the house. I didn't see the grocery stores get depleted 
because I was Instacarting and we shop at Sam's Club. So we had toilet paper for like a, an entire year. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't see anything go, go down in the grocery store. So all of this panicking that was going on, the hand sanitizer being wiped out, I didn't see it. You know, I'm at home just figuring out how I'm about to pivot and still sell bath bombs and body butter to regular people that are now stuck at home. Um, my birthday comes around. So let's go back. February, my birthday comes around and my husband brings two strangers that I've never met before to my birthday party. They are husband and wife. And, you know, we're just talking at the time I was going full time as well with opening up my nonprofit for the youth in Columbus. So that was like my main goal. It was like I was still part time with my I was going full time with my business. Right. But I was also like, I want to get back to working with the youth in the city. So I'm kind of going to redirect my efforts into the nonprofit industry. I met these two people. We're cool. We kick it. My birthday passes. Now March happens. We go on shutdown. I meet these two people again. They come up my steps and I see them again. They're meeting with my husband. And the first thing the husband says to me is, have you ever thought about making hand sanitizer? And I was like, no. And he was like, do you see what's going on right now in the, in the city? Like, have you watched the news? I don't watch the news. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't know what's going on. He's like, yo, go like turn on the TV. I turn on the TV and they're literally doing a story on how all the shelves in the city are wiped out. Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, everywhere. And people are panicking because they don't have hand sanitizer. So he says, you have this skincare company. I know you know how to make hand sanitizer. I'm like, I have a chemistry background. I know how to make it. I've just never thought about getting into it because hand sanitizer is not what I would have considered at the time to be self-care. He's like, no, nah, we got to make it. Here comes another pivotal moment. <laughs> I'm not making no money from January to March. I've just went full-time in my business. I took this 13K out and I'm like, I got to make a move. He's like, yo, how quickly can you formulate and get this hand sanitizer going? I'm like, all right, give me a week. Like, let me run through the formulas. Give me a week and test it and come back. A week goes by. It's now the middle going to like the end of March. And he's like, we got to make a move. People are panicking. We order $1,200 worth of supplies. And I'll tell you how crazy the flip is in just a second. We manufacture about... 500 bottles of hand sanitizer in one week. We had to travel to Target to, because aloe vera was sold out. So we had to go to like Lima, Ohio. We had to go North Ohio to just go get little 16 ounce bottles of aloe vera. We had to... Um, About two hours away, right? We're driving two hours away from Columbus to Toledo, Columbus to Cleveland. And we're doing this every morning. We're getting up at 7 a.m. in March. Like we're, we're going to say March 22nd. It's a week after it shut down. We're on curfew. We're getting up. Um, I had wrote up a letter that we put in the window that says we were essential workers so we could get up and go travel <laughs> to go get this aloe vera. We called a laboratory that had shut down giving alcohol to anybody. And we had finessed it to where we got a 55-gallon um, industrial-grade, chemical-grade uh, alcohol, 99%. And... We invested $1,200, and within a week, we sold $10,000 worth of hand sanitizer. <laughs> uh, 
to a twelve twelve hundred dollar flip between three people. So you break that up. That's four hundred dollars we invested. We pocketed ten k. Wow. Ten k. From there, it was history. It was history. It was some people look at that and they're like, "Yo, you was able to pivot during COVID," um, and I'm like, "Yeah," and it was good, but we ran into a lot of problems when when we made that transition. Wow. So so you went from focusing on you know lotions, so mm-hmm. things like that, right? And then yep. COVID hit. Someone came to you and suggested for you to do something. And yep. so you take that advice. You feel the need that the market has at the moment. Yes. And you turn out taking $1,200 and turning it into 10000 in a week? A week. A week. We sold out. It, it was to the point where, like, my phone, if anybody has a Shopify platform, then you know that little cha-ching you hear every time a sale comes in. And it got to the point where sales were coming in so much all throughout the night that I had to put my phone on silent. This had never happened in the history of bomb bombs. Wow. <laughs> and so I'm putting my phone on silent where my whole living room, we transformed my whole living room. I have some, I'll send you some pictures of us producing the hand sanitizer in the living room. It was so we had to like open up every window in the house because we were working with 100% alcohol and we have to dilute it down. And so I'm in the kitchen sanitizing, cleaning, producing. Um, in, in April, we was like, we're too big. So we moved out of the house out of a home-based business and we moved to a warehouse. And then that's when the real magic started happening because then we started getting, um, we got certified with, the Columbus City Schools to produce hand sanitizer for them. Um, And then we had pivoted and started wholesaling this hand sanitizer. So churches, nonprofits were starting to get into initiatives to serve the community. And they started purchasing hand sanitizer from us. So then we started getting huge bulk orders for a thousand here, two thousand here. Um, And before you know, we're serving thousands of hand sanitizers throughout the city of Columbus in weeks, two weeks time. So the, the pivot, the pivot was mad crazy. So I went from, you know, having a business plan of, I'm just going to be producing self-care items. I'm just going to almost be a mirror competitor of Bath and Body Works to saying like, nah, I'm taking over the health beauty industry for real by producing this hand sanitizer. So here we are, we are, let's see, eight months after, no, we're almost a year. (laughs) We're like almost a year since COVID hit. So. (laughs) Where has that led you to now? Are you still producing hand sanitizer? Like, how did that step? Oh yeah, crazy is is um, it's really last year was really a moment of pivoting, and I don't think a lot of businesses had that grace to pivot. Right? Um, some it just hit them too quickly, and they just couldn't, you know, kind of return and and move and navigate. Um, and so they kind of had to close down. With us, the momentum just kept going. And so it was really a true blessing because while we were able to pivot in, in the grand scheme of things, get people hand sanitizer, make people healthier, I acquired new customers. Um, and so having strategies in place to nurture that relationship once you know they bought this hand sanitizer, it was I had 90% new customers, 10% returning customers between April to June. July... We also hit a peak again because now I have all of these new customers and they're like, I'm fucking with the hand sanitizer. What else you got for me? 
Um, so we had certain things in place, and what we did was we ran a semi-annual sale that went bananas. Um, making ten thousand a week, cool, but now I'm making two thousand in an hour. Um, and so I'm like, Whoa. oh my god, this is crazy. Um, so like fast forward a year later, we're still nurturing those relationships. We're still acquiring new customers. We've extended the hand sanitizer line, so now we have gel and we have the spray. Um, I, I mean, it's, I'm still kind of like trying to make words for it, but it's all good, man. It's like mad blessings. It was just one of those things. Like I was lucky enough to not see my business. And I say this all the time for a lot of business owners, they look at it as their baby. They look at it as like, they're so stuck in this. I built it on this. This is my foundation. This is what I'm going to stick with. And I think something that was for me was I was already in a place of, transforming myself um and so when the opportunity presented to me i almost had the kind of like what could i lose what if if the hand sanitizer fails i'm out four hundred dollars whatever like and i just kind of had that mindset um and then going back to remember january i'm like win lose or draw i'm in now i can't turn my back so uh a year later we we bought two warehouses um we just put on a full-time staff. So we have a full-time production staff um, and we've actually made the business a parent company. So we have Bomb Skin & Co, which is our retail e-commerce. We have Bomb Brand Co, which is a branding and consulting business. And then we have Bomb Skin Wholesale and we wholesale for other businesses that are looking to get into the cosmetic industry so they can white label our products. You have to, you have to, you gotta brag a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like that's major. Like that's nothing to to undervalue. Yeah. That's nuts. You went from being a solo entrepreneur, right? You yeah. quit your job, became a solo entrepreneur, and then here we are, fourteen months later from from when you did that, and you went yeah. from being by yourself to having a full staff, two warehouses, yeah. and you are now a parent company with three with three uh, subsidiaries. Like that is yep. wild. Some days I'm like um this yo like this is i'm really like this was all a dream like this was literally all a dream this was something that i i did i couldn't necessarily fathom but there's something that you feel when you know you're about to transition when you know you're about to transcend to transcend to a new level there's a, a gut feeling that you just can't it's like you're not able to sleep. You're not able to eat. And it's not because you're heartbroken, right? It's not because you're sick. <laughs> it's because, like, you almost kind of, like, uh, putting yourself in a in a space of, I don't even want to know. I, I don't even know. Um, it's kind of like putting yourself in a space of, like, a meditative space. Um, almost to where, like, you can't see nothing but this. And it, and it almost looks foggy. Like, you can't see it. You can't picture it. Um, and that's how I felt. March, I, I felt like something was coming. I'm like, I don't know what it was. but And, and then, boom, it's hand sanitizer. The last thing that I would have ever thought, hand sanitizer, that would pivot my business. Um, but, yeah, I mean, while we had success and we had mad growth, 2020, you know, because of the funding that they had released out, the CARES Act and things like that, um, some of, like, the initiatives that were in place, we weren't able to take advantage of them. And so we, we ran into a problem that I think a lot of people don't think about, and it's when you scale too fast. <laughs> um, and that was a huge problem for us. So 
let's let's take it back a little bit because I think oh, that's yeah. going to be important for people to hear. Um, so, I mean, you went from you know working full time and kind of running your side business. So, take us through that feeling. What was going through your mind when you decided, hey, I'm going to put in my two week notice to go oh. be a full time entrepreneur? my job was so much more than a job. So if you hate your job, this ain't necessarily the story for you. Uh, it's for the people who loved what they did um, or love what you currently do. And so as a regional director um, and a site director, I had 150 kids under me. I felt like I birthed all 150 kids um, and I served an age group from six to 18 years old. My career was solely focused around serving youth that looked like me. So my upbringing, while I gave you guys a very quick synopsis, was not a very easy upbringing, right? Um, I dealt with domestic violence in my home. I dealt with homelessness. Um, you know, all, all the things that could just go wrong in life, I dealt with it. Um, and so as these kids are coming through the door, they look like you. They're going through, you know, things um, that you went through in your past. And so being able to nurture and mentor them was everything to me. The only reason I left is because my job didn't value who I was as a person. And morally, I couldn't work for a company that doesn't value me. Um, and I had to be selfish, you know? So I was in a very tight spot with, do I leave the youth that they don't need me, but they need me and I kind of need them. Um, or do I just stick it out and just be miserable? And then am I really serving someone to the full extent or the full capacity that I could be? And so I started noticing that my output was not enough and I wasn't giving the kids enough and it wasn't fair to them. And it was because of a whole nother entity <laughs> that didn't have anything to do with me or them. And so I said, you know what? Um, again, this is where kind of capitalism comes into effect but my main goal my main thought was if i could do it so well here i could go do it myself and build something else myself um and once i was confident in that decision to go build another nonprofit to go back and go get those kids uh, to be able to be back in our own little family to where i could serve them and provide resources and access opportunities to them my mind was set when I put the two week notice in, I almost wanted to hit undo. And I was pissed that I didn't do it on Gmail because Gmail has that 10 second lag to where you get the undo. <laughs> but I had sent it on Outlook. So I'm sick. I'm like, yo, I just put in my two week notice. I'm like, I really, I was physically sick to the point I threw up. TMI. But I put in my two week notice and immediately got sick, uh, physically sick. I went through those next two weeks of just kind of like, it was daunting on me. Like, yo, this is my last, at the time I thought like, this is my last security check. Like, I'm, how am I finna do this? Like I got six months of savings, cool. But what's after six months if I don't find another plan? And I wasn't confident in my business. I wasn't confident in that part-time business that I had been letting just, you know, dangle in the wind for four years while I was working you know, this nonprofit job. And so I was walking back into my business after I left saying like, dang, my bag, I ain't really been nurturing you now because I need you and I need to supplement my income. Now I have to kind of put my money, put my energy back in there. But when I put that two week notice in, I was sick. 
I was sick. Even months after I put it in, I don't have a job. I'm in between, like, little jobs. I, you know, like, just trying to do something just to keep my mind going until I figure out what I'm going to do with bomb skin. Um, but I was sick, man. I was sick. And the only... The only advice that I have for people that are in the position where you're you're working a job that you love, or maybe you hate it, and maybe this is just confirmation of like, let me just go, is you have to do it. Do it, do it, and literally say minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, plan it out and be strategic. But just take it a step by step by step because you're stepping out of the norm, right? Humans work out of habit. I was working that job for four years. That's a habit. I get up, I go, I go. And now I'm leaving a job with a plan to go full-time as an entrepreneur where entrepreneurship does not have any discipline unless you structure it. Mm -hmm. And so how do you go out of a mindset where, you know, you've been told all your life to work, to go to a corporate, to be told what to do, and then now you're an entrepreneur, and now you're writing the SOPs. SOPs are standard of procedures for anybody who doesn't know. But now you write in the standard of procedures. Now you write in the employee handbook. And that was, oh God, that was like, so that was treacherous waters that I was very unfamiliar with. Um, but I just did it. I did it. And even then, you know, now a year, 14 months later, um, full-time operational business. And I'm still waking up some days and I'm like, ooh, the luxury of just having a sense of security is like, I crave it i yearn for it sometimes but i also redirect that energy back into my business and say that same thing i'm yearning for i can have with my business if i'm just moving my puzzle pieces right um and so it's a it's a constant mental game that a lot of people don't think about they just think like what am i going to do financially what am i going to do with my time no what are you going to do with your mind that you've always been trained to work in corporate america and follow a set of rules and now you're about to get into a world where essentially there are no rules <laughs> right and if you don't if you don't create rules disaster is, is on the way disaster <laughs> disaster and i experienced it in my first 2 months of you know solo entrepreneurship i leave in august September, October, November, low-key. I'm just going by the seam of my pants every day. I'm just, like, making stuff up. Every day I'm just kind of, like, researching my way through. Okay, what am I supposed to do today? What am I supposed to plan today? How am I supposed to strategically plan for my business to make sales? Um, in December, I was just like, all right, stop playing. Stop playing. Like, stop playing with yourself. Stop playing with your money and, like, go all in. Um, and so for my people out there that are kind of, treading whether or not they're going to make that step a lot of people say just do it but there's there's some things in the back end you know make sure if you if you're going to take that leap you got a little bit of money set aside you know for the things that come up um but overall yes they are right everyone that's telling you every podcast every video that you listen to every article that you read it is just a matter of doing it but it's a mental game you got to keep your head in the game and you have to be able to strategically put things in place um so that the train keeps moving. It's almost like laying the tracks while the train is rolling. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? But just from thinking of the confidence that you had to carry, right? So something that I caught that you said, you said, you know, if, I'm, if I am providing support to this corporation and I am keeping them afloat, if I am doing enough good service that I am driving value to this business, why can't I drive value to my own business? 
Yes. And so that's that's such a dope mentality because it tells you like, look, if I'm able to manage, for example, if I'm able to manage a million dollars of assets, you know, at my corporation, yeah. why can't I handle a million dollars of assets that I own that I'm probably going to care a bit more about? Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. I, I like it. Like that's a good like perception to have when you think about taking that step. Yep. And a lot of people don't realize um, that level of confidence that they have. You have some people who are killing it. When I was working any corporate job, I killed it. I was like, you know, top three, top five or whatever, you know, in the court. Um, and, the, you know, specifically working with Boys and Girls Club when I was a director there, I was the top club, you know, highest retention of youth you know whatever I can go on and on and I thought all of this energy that I put in I stayed up late nights cutting gluing anything with kids arts and craft I stayed up late night decorating planning parties you know um putting together partnerships so that you know the kids could have the best experience email it and I was like yo I've invested 14 16 hours in this I can invest 14 16 hours into myself um and like like you said, when you have that mindset and that level of confidence, it's almost like you kind of walk with your chest out a little bit, but you have to believe it. And that was something that, you know, separates a lot of entrepreneurs from just hustlers or, you know, as I've been kind of getting into with my own podcast and my own blogging is like people who want to be entrepreneurs, but they're actually hustlers is that hustlers don't lay out a plan to keep it going. Or even have an extra strategy. Hustlers live for the small wins and entrepreneurs live for compound wins. And compound wins are little micro wins that lead into you being able to sell your, you know, a company for two mil, for one billion, right? Um, but hustlers can't see that far. They just got to get the money. They just got to get that. And then when it goes dry, when it goes stale, they out and they on to the next thing. Um but my confidence of saying, like, I was with them for four years and I can think of all of the times there was droughts and there were dry seasons. And if I could stick it out and be enthusiastic about that organization, then I can I can give myself four years with some dry seasons and some patches and some hurdles and be OK. Absolutely. Absolutely. Markeisha, this is dope. So this is how, you know, every time uh, in one of my sessions, I ask. What is some advice that you would give someone who is exploring entrepreneurship and what is the first step that they need to take to, to go to that, to, to make that move? Yeah. Um, yo, I'm head over heels right now for this, uh, org, uh, this company, this group, uh, business <laughs> it's called earn your leisure. And I don't know if you heard of them on Instagram, but two dudes and they teaching financial literacy right now to the black community and empowering them. Um, and they were on the breakfast club the other day and Charlemagne, a guy asked the question of what is the common myth among, you know, at being financially empowered. Um, and it is, uh, saving your money, <laughs> save your money so that you can, you know, save up enough to live a great life. And the one thing I've learned in business is that, if you want to make hella money, you have to invest hella money. That 10000 that I got that I told y'all about, I'd never seen that money. <laughs> I didn't spend it. I didn't do nothing with it. It went right back into the business. Um, and so if you are deeply passionate about something, if you think about that $1,000 sale, that $100,000 sale, uh, $100 sale, or even a $10,000 sale, 
it's not a come up yet. It ain't a come up. And if the, and if that's what you sell your business off to say, like, I'll be happy just making that 10K and then I want to bounce, cool. But my number is substantially high. And so with that being said, my biggest advice is to keep reinvesting your money. Reinvest it the right way. Always look for an opportunity for your money to flip in different areas. Um, outside of my business and the parent and, you know, the parent company, I'm into like vending machines. I'm into um, like small term investments. I'm into angel investing into other businesses. Make sure your paperwork is right. Um, you know, make sure your paperwork's right. Continue to invest until again it compounds um, and it it yields you the money that you're happy with. Those are my two biggest things. Get your paperwork right. Keep reinvesting. Keep reinvesting until you get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Markeisha, this was great. I'm grateful that you were able to join today. Yeah, for sure. And for sure. that wraps it up. Make sure you guys go visit. What's the website, Markeisha? Yeah. So if you guys love skincare or you love taking care of yourself, please visit our website. It is www.bombskinandco.com. You can follow us on bomb. Um, Follow us on Bomb Skin Co. You can follow us on Instagram at Bomb Skin Co. That's B-O-M-S-K-I-N-C-O. And that's on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.